0: This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes in the industry except for today. Today's a Dan and Donnie episode, but my, as always, my name is Donnie Shelton. I'm the owner of Triangle Pest, as well as Triangle Lawn, also the CEO of Comarch, a company that does marketing and sales services for the pest and lawn industries. And with me, as always, is the highly esteemed, highly sought after, highly of highlys, uh, Mr. Dan Gordon. Dan, would you like to say uh, good morning right now? We're recording in the morning, and and I guess whatever else you want to say.
0: Morning. So, uh, yeah. So, uh we're recording this the day after I got back from Washington from legislative day and somebody, uh, that I ran into there said, I really love your podcast, but I usually just, uh, fast forward through the introduction cause they're tired of hearing Donnie say triangle home services and good morning, you know? So, so anyway, here we are, here and, we are. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we're <laughs> it's true. Uh, so anyway, um, here we are, and today, what we're going to talk about are KPIs, kind of overused acronym. Uh, it's uh, key performance indicators, and it's it's pretty important stuff. And uh, so I'm I'm you know pretty happy to talk about it and talk about how uh, we use it in our business, how we use it with um, our clients, and um, get some of uh, Donnie's insights as well. So uh, um, I think oh, I have to read as always. If you like what you hear rate us, review us on Apple, Spotify, or however you listen to this. And with that, let's uh let's start our conversation. So so first of all, you know,
1: everyone talks about KPIs. And, and if there's one thing I've learned, I guess, in being in business is that everyone uses kind of the same vernacular, but oftentimes it's not the same thing. Um you know like you think about when you go to you go to a conference, and people start talking about their p and l and they start talking about their gross margin, and they 're like "Well mine 's this and well, mine's that and the numbers are off and and oftentimes what you find out is that either their p and l is structured differently, they put different things in different categories, and so really understanding what they're saying it's it's comparing apples and oranges and I just you know for me as we get into this topic, I think it's a fantastic topic, and I think it's one that it may sound basic, but I think the more you kind of pay attention, the more you realize like it's not it's not as straightforward as you might think. So then I want to lead off with kind of our first question topic, but let's start with the basics first. What what is a KPI in general?
0: So a KPI stands for key performance indicators. Uh, it's a critical indicator of the process toward a, an intended result so it doesn't have to be about profitability or growth it could be about marketing it could be about hr it could be about it could be about uh, getting your kids grades from a, a b to an a right um so basically what you you're doing is you're choosing a result that you want and then you're monitoring it through some sort of metric um they help you understand if you're achieving your goal um they create an analytical basis for decision-making and help focus the attention on what matters the most to, to drive that. So KPIs so, are used to improve performance and achieve goals. And that's so the definition that we
1: picked out. So the some, the thing you said there, and, and this is the part I really want to hammer down on. And the only way I know to define it is to tell a story. So I think most people know that, you, you know, my relationship with Colemarch and how that came to be, but, But this absolutely was the very thing that motivated me to to purchase coal March and to align it up with, you know, pests and lawn industries. Because in that definition, you said the critical key indicators. You know, we live in an age now where data information is not the issue. Right. What the issue is, is insight. You know, we can look at all kinds of metrics and, you know, and and you think about you look in Google Analytics, you look at some of the analytics that you can pull from your business. And oftentimes you can look at all these different indicators. And at the end of the day, no insight. (laughs) It's like, well, that's nice. Right. And I and and so I, I will never forget this as long as I live. So so I was working with an agency. Years ago, this was back, you know, before I even hit a million dollars and and I'm driving hard on the business and I'm trying my best to grow it. And, you know, I had worked myself out of a job up until marketing and marketing was the very last thing that I was willing to let go as the owner. And, And mainly because it was just the driver of our business. And so I started working with SEO firms and I never forget, you know, we would talk about word searches. We would talk about leads. And every time I'd go in every two weeks, everything was fantastic. All the numbers are up. Everything looks great. Dan, have you ever been in a business where every single time you show up, all the numbers are
0: up? Uh, yeah. When you deal with digital agencies, sometimes they uh, yeah, they yeah. Use things so much. <laughs> or, or your Google Analytics. It's a, a oh gosh,
1: you know what? It's just like no. So the reality of it is, is that the fact is, what was happening was each time I went in, I felt like I was being bamboozled. Um, because, you know, the news was always positive, but it was never like we were looking at the same numbers. And so what was happening was, was that the KPIs were being cherry-picked. And so I want to bring it back to that definition of the critical indicators. You know, oftentimes we talk about KPIs. I just want to make sure that our listeners don't confuse that with just indicators or data, because the fact is, is that it takes time and effort, and it's hard, really, to think through what's really essential in my business and how do I make sure that that's what I'm looking at and I don't get distracted by a bunch of other, you know, KPIs. Or I don't want to call them KPIs. Other, you know, metrics in my business that really just don't matter, you know, like, and, and that was what was happening with this one agency, which I ended up firing. It, it wasn't Cole It was a different agency. But, you know, after about two months of that, I, I finally said, hey, look, I don't I don't want to talk about these other things that are up. I want to talk about, you know, merge searches. I want to talk about, and this is way back in the day when that, you know, it was a huge thing. I want to talk about our cost for lead and cost for sale. And so I think if there's anything to take out of that definition is the critical indicators that make, that help you make progress, not just
0: indicators. And the, the interesting thing is that in today's day and age, there's so much data. It's interesting if you watch sports, like the 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 data that they come up with and 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 whatnot is just it, it's incredible. As a matter of fact, at legislative day, uh, one of the speakers was uh, Michael Smirkanish, who's like one of these talking head guys on Sunday mornings, and he did it, this talk on you know the the division of of the U.S. politically, and he wasn't really giving an opinion about either side. He was just kind of saying how it all became. And he was talking about data. Now, you tell me 20 years ago if they could have done this this kind of data. What he said was, yeah, we did some research and we found that um, like 85 percent of the counties that voted for Trump um, had a, um, you know, a certain restaurant. And. Um, like 85% of the um, uh, of the um, um, counties that that uh, elected Biden had a Whole Foods, so you know, yeah. Ha- I mean, and, and you know, where the hell does this data come from, right? So it, 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 it's 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 kind of crazy, right? And and you watch baseball, and they, you know. They, they've got these crazy statistics from the 50s. And and and, and the, the problem is that there's so much data today. What is it that you're concerned about? And that's the thing. What first thing you have to do is define the data that you're looking at and what you want to achieve, whether it's finance or marketing or operations or whatnot. But, uh, you know, so I would ask you, what functional areas do you look at? I, I guess let's start with um, with operations and then we can move to finance and, and marketing. Well,
1: you know, first of all, I just have to say this for for our audience. You you heard it here first. If you're if you're want to be a democrat, if you're a democrat, there has to be a Whole Foods in your market. If not, then then you may be something <laughs> Ah! (laughs) You know, it's funny you you bring it up and then we'll get into the operational KPIs. But the funny thing is, is that and and by the way, I love talking about politics, you know, because people are just so passionate about it. And it's a it's a hot rod, uh, you know, topic. But but, you know, the reality of what you just talked about there, and I see this all the time. And I used to do an example this years ago. It's the difference between causation and correlation. And I used to have this slide where I would look at global warming versus pirates, right? And eventually, you know, what it showed was that as global warming went up, pirates went down. And so the obvious thing is, is that if you want to solve global warming, we just need to have more pirates, right? And so that's the, you know, and so I just don't want people to confuse that, you know, sometimes the difference between causation and correlation when it comes to KPIs, that's a really big, big problem. But before we get into which indicators I look at, I want to make one more point. And that is lead indicators versus lag indicators. You know, this is so important. It took me years to learn this. It's very easy, you know, with KPIs to focus all of your attention on lag indicators. Lag indicators would be things like profit. It would be things like gross margin. It would be things like, you know, you know revenue per stop, you know, number of people per revenue. I mean, you, you go in it, those are all lag indicators and they absolutely should be tracked. But when it comes to people, when it comes to managing people, you absolutely need to look at lead indicators. And so an example of this would be, you know, oftentimes with salespeople, for example, we look at, say, hey, they met their sales goal. They did not meet their sales goal. Um, and that is a lag indicator. What we fail to look at is how many calls did they make? You know, how many presentations did they do? And so I would just challenge you that in your business, when you're defining your KPIs, and and again, this took me years to learn, is you want to measure the actions of your people and then measure the results of your business. So lead is what people are doing. Lag is the result of what those actions produced. And what you'll find is that the more you focus on the lead indicators, the more the lag indicators come into, uh, into where you want them to be. So, um,
0: it's kind of interesting, uh, that that you mentioned that you kind of took my thunder out out of the end of this uh, program. But one of the things that I was going to say at the end is it's really about executing, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, know, you're, you're watching the score so we can put the scoreboard, uh, we can Arrange it any way that we want, but can we execute? If we can execute, then those numbers are going to get better. If not, then we can't. You oh, know. By the way, I had a senior moment; I couldn't remember the restaurant, so I quickly Googled it. It's Cracker Barrel. So, uh,
1: so if you want to be a Republican,
0: <laughs> go to Cracker Barrel. If you want to be a Republican, you go to Cracker Barrel. If you want to be a Democrat, you go to Whole Foods. So, <laughs> oh God.
1: You know, what? I'm not going to ask you where you where you grocery or where you go get groceries and, and don't ask me where I dine. How's that? <laughs>
0: That's right. Ah, well, well, wait a minute. What, what you're assuming, uh, you just assumed uh, uh, which way both of us lean. and uh, No,
1: I was not assuming that. I'm just I'm having fun because you may dine it's somewhere true. and I may I may a grocery shop somewhere else. Who knows? Right. But, you know, listen. Whole Foods, I think Whole Foods, they have restaurants, too. So you just never know. Well, I think you can dine like- there and you can shop at Cracker Barrel. So there you go. Yeah, no, I like grits. Okay yeah. so here we <laughs> <laughs> Okay so let's start um big picture APIs let's start with let's start with one of them that is near and dear to my heart what would i consider to be the critical KPIs in marketing there's really three things number one is lead volume i got to be getting enough leads to support my sales and growth goals that, that's number one right that sounds so basic and it is basic, but the fact is, is that it's not easy to capture because, you know, we've talked about this in previous podcasts. If unless you have some sort of omni channel or you got some way to capture everything that's happening, chances are that number is going to be off. So that's number one. Number two in marketing is how much are you paying for each one of those contacts? So that's your cost per lead. And then number three is your cost per sale. And that encapsulates, you know, conversion that encapsulates volume that encapsulates um you know, how much you paid for that. And so at the end of the day, if you only focused on those three numbers, as far as performance of marketing, you will do well in marketing your business very, very well. So Dan, do you agree with that? Anything you think I'm missing there on marketing?
0: I do. I I think that, uh, I think you have to separate marketing and sales, but I think absolutely. Um, and, and, and you like to kind of, um, You know, you could go crazy with these indicators. You can choose 100 of them and get 100 of them every Monday morning. And what what is it that you can do with them? So maybe three is a good number. And how many do you want from finance? And so what are the most important things in finance? And we'll talk about that in a second, about HR sales. So what do you look at when you wake up on Monday morning from a finance perspective? What is it that you look at in your business?
1: Yeah, so, you know, finance is one of those ones where you, you start with the big picture, and then you dig for problems. And and I know for me, you know, I, people talk about, you know, AP, AR. We, we're, you know, monthly credit card billing. so for the most part, I don't have an AR problem. But number one, I would say number one I look at almost at a daily basis is cash. And I do a cash forecast. We do a cash forecast um, a month out. And I know my cash for this week. and I know my cash for next week. And I know my cash, what it's going to be in a month. And how is that trending? that has been a habit I've had since I first started my business and you know, on the financial side, I absolutely want to know where my cash is at and I want to know where it's going. And I want to know if I've got a cash problem, usually one to two months in advance so that I have time to fix it. And so if you're not tracking cash, um, that is one critical KPI that I think you absolutely should be looking at.
0: How do you track cash? What What do you use to to do that? I'm kind of kind of a loaded question, but uh, yeah. With- well, so for us, you know,
1: you know, I'm not a very smart guy, so you got to break it down it's really, really simple for me. True. Small right. words, you know, little bites. Yeah. So I we use a Google spreadsheet. It absolutely is. We look. We put in what our forecasted sales are for the week. We look at what our forecasted expenses are going to be. We already know when certain expenses are going to come out. And this includes not only profit from the business, you know, includes payroll, and, but it also includes like any kind of payments that we may have to make on, say, like a truck loan or something like that. And that flows week to week to week to week. And so the main thing I'm trying to make sure of is that, well, number one, I don't run out of cash. But, number two, I don't get to some big cash event and and I bring them to the altar, and we don't get married, meaning that I've never missed a payroll in my life um I don't ever now I've gotten really really close <laughs>
0: I've,
1: I've definitely rode the line a few times, but you know obviously we've gotten bigger it's you know that's that's less of a concern but but you know the reality of it is is that you know I want to know with as much precision as possible this is what's happening with my cash. And this is what I can expect in the next month. And that's a thing that gets done
0: every single week. So 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 in in, in addition to the Google uh, Sheets, I mean, where I was going with it, and I don't know if you're gonna continue, is QuickBooks has this amazing little function uh, called your banking feed or your banking download. And so tell, tell us how you use that. Yeah. So for us, um, you know, we download our transactions daily.
1: They get categorized daily. Um, and and from that, I have my cash balance. And I also know what our cash balance is real time. And, you know, in the early days, I would make sure that thing was tied out to the penny. We still do that. But at the end of the day, there's two balances that you have to look at. One is your, your bank balance. The other one is your QuickBooks balance. And you should be able to look at those two balances You should be able to look at any open transactions you have, and they should balance at any day of the week. And so that's that to me is, you know, we start there and that gives us a cash balance of what we know is cash in the bank and what's going in and what's coming out. And I know QuickBooks has a cash flow forecast, but I have never liked that. I mean, um, you know,
0: not so so much for that, but but what what you just uh, described. So basically you go in. There's a, a banking screen. You download all the transactions, whether you categorize them right now or at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. But essentially what you know is what everything that's cleared um, yep. right through the time that you hit the button. And then you've got Certain check boxes in your um, in, in the uh, ledger, uh, and if those check boxes aren't there, that means that those things haven't cleared. So maybe you uh, wrote a check to somebody and had a, it hasn't cleared. So your bank balance and um, you know what Don is talking about reconciling your bank balance and your book balance have to reconcile, and they do, and, and it's literally a two-minute operation every single day. But cash is Probably the most important thing it's it's the blood in, in in the body of your business that's what it is and i would I would view downloading my transactions like brushing my teeth.
1: It's a daily thing I mean you just you know i i and we've said this several, multiple times in this podcast, and I will continue to say it is that something that you should do as an owner daily, not necessarily. Um, <clears throat> categorize them and do all the bookkeeping. I'm not recommending that or saying that you should do that But you should know what's going on with your bank accounts You should know which kind of transactions are rolling through you because it can draw questions, right? You can learn a lot from doing that. So so number one is cash number two You know on the financial side is absolutely revenue, you know, are we driving revenue and we look at revenue on a daily basis? Um, and you know right now it's the middle, of the, you know, it's mid-march So that means I should be about halfway to my goal. If I'm not or if I'm ahead, you know, it's just it's a good conversation point to make sure that in terms of revenue, are we are we, you know, because the revenue encapsulates a lot. Right. It it, it talks, you know, production and operations are in that new sales are in that. It's almost like for me, it's telling me how fast is the business running if I'm if it's the 15th of the month and I've already met my goal that means we're getting after it, right? That means that sales are pumping and you know, our, our production guys are getting it and everything's moving like the way it should. If I'm way behind, well, then maybe our sales are sucking, right? And and ops are, you know, we've got some things happening in ops where we're not getting, getting to the work that we need to. It just draws questions, right? But it is a big picture indicator where I know what's happening with the business. And then the last one would be, um, I mean, absolutely profit, you know? <laughs> now, I don't look at profit on a, weekly basis that's a harm but i do a profit forecast you know um, same thing the you know in and you know when you do a cash forecast all of that stuff kind of gets incorporated into that because you should have a revenue forecast you should have a profit forecast which ultimately produces your cash forecast and so cash is kind of at the end of the line but <clears throat> you know your revenue and profit
0: is what drives that so those are the so big the- three i look at yeah. The the one thing, the one caveat that I would throw out there is, you know, in the last, I don't know, five or seven years or so, everybody's going to uh, monthly billing, which is terrific. And most of the softwares recognize it as you charge it. But the thing that you want to look at in revenue is really production, right? Because you're charging everybody the first yeah. of the month, but, yeah. but you've got to get the revenue because, you know, for the most part, all of your revenue is recognized in those programs first of the month after you run that. So what you're really interested in, obviously, you know, that that's a really good indicator, too. But what you're really interested in is technician production. And on the 15th of the month, you should be halfway done on, you know, you know, so. so that's so a, those that's are a fantastic point. Yep. No, I agree with that. I 100 percent agree with that. So the, the next one that um, I like to look at is you know, it's funny, AR is so important, but you're right about everybody billing on the first of the month or doing credit cards on the first of the month. Uh, AR is not as much of a problem as it used to be years ago, because years ago, you were sending out bills and you're waiting for people to pay you. And now you just hit their credit card on subscription. It's still an issue usually uh, when you have uh, commercial customers. Mm -hmm. So, um, when you have those commercial customers and you want to look at AR, how do you rate it? Well, you know you could do a an, an aging 30, 60, 90, or you could do the um, days of sales in AR, which is an important uh, KPI that I like to look at. And I, I think I've explained formula, but essentially what you do is you take your revenue, divide it by 365, that's your daily revenue, and then take your accounts receivable number and divide it by that number. What that does is that gives you the number of days of sales. In, um, in AR. And what I would do is if you're, you bill all your residential customers monthly, uh, you know, on the credit card, I would take those out of the formula. So what you want to know is if you give 30 day terms to your commercial customers, if that number is 30 days or less, your customers are staying within your terms. If your number is 30 days or more, that means that they're outside of it and you're not doing a good job collecting your money.
1: Well, the other thing too, and and I used to I don't again we're I want to be careful when I say this, and and just a caveat for all of our listeners, I don't do a ton of commercial um, at Triangle, and we we are very much very much residential, and so this has largely went away. But so I'm kind of going back here a little bit when when we were not structured that way, you know, one of the things I would look at weekly was our 30, 60, 90. And eventually what we would do, anyone that went over 60, we would cancel and send them to collections um, because, you know, after they cross 60, it, you rarely got your money. And once they cross 90, I mean, yeah, that it, those days are gone. Right. <clears throat> so I would, as the owner, you know, when it comes to my AR management, I would keep a close eye on anything that's kind of over forty-five. And after 60, you really need, you know, you need to be making phone calls. And I got, man, I got stuck so many times. I mean, I remember we did this one huge bed bug job one time for this assisted living facility. This was back when bed bugs were first coming out. And it was like, a, at the time, it was like a $25,000 job, which for us at that time was a ton of money. Um, <clears throat> it's still a ton of money. I don't want to make it sound like, oh, it's nothing, because it is. But but I remember the owner I like got out you, for six maybe days, not, but- yeah. Well, no. So I call the owner and I'm like, Hey man, you know, we, he's like, well, um, well, I'll tell you what you come back and you come back and heat, you know, there was, I mean, anytime, you know, dealing with bed bugs, there's going to be a couple of treatments and he's, you come back and treat, you know, these two rooms and then I'll pay you for the first. I'm like, well, that's not how this works. <laughs> so Mm -hmm. so go do new work to get paid for previous work that i did was basically
0: what it was i'll give you more work that i'm not going to pay you for right (laughs) so yeah Uh, but but the the one thing you're absolutely right you got to keep a cap on the commercial customers you have to train them there are a couple of exceptions like if you work with hospitals or other people who tell you right up front listen we're paying you in 90 days hold them to the 90 days and also when you're pricing you know when when you're looking to to do the pricing for that account, build in a little bit of an interest charge, right? They're using you as the bank, so you might as well uh, make some interest. Um, yep. You know, but 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 understand um, what your AR, you know, if if they tell you 90 days, keep them at 90 days. Don't let them go to 120. So yep. that's yep. Um, you know an AR um, AP can be done the same way. You can age your accounts payable. Um, you know, QuickBooks allows you to age it. Uh, you can say uh, number of days of purchases in um, AP, just the way you can do number of days of sales. But, um, you know, AP is a um, one that you want to keep, um, you know, that you want to keep under control. And also, I mean, if if you can, certain vendors appreciate the fact that you pay them on time or even earlier. And some will give you a discount for paying them early. So you can, um, you know, take advantage of those things.
1: Um well but, um, I, I you know one thing I'll mention here is and Dan, I'm I expect some sort of check or something after I say this later on after the show, but you know, Dan has a very good solution here and we've been using it for years where you know we use their service and we've got bill.com set up and bill.com has some fantastic reports where you can look at what's coming up um and you can really manage your payables. And and I will tell you, you know, when it comes to AP. Some people tell you, well, string out your vendors. How long can you go? And I get that, like if you have a cash problem. But as a general rule, you know, treat your vendors like you want to be treated. Right. Make sure that you're paying them as quickly as you can, uh, if you can. I mean, obviously, but but anytime you're struggling to pay your bills, that's a sign that, well, you know, something's not going right. So fix the problem. But but don't ever get in the business of being that guy. Or that gal that just doesn't pay people, or you know, strings them out. It just, it's a, I think it's a dirty business
0: or a dirty way of doing I, business. It, I mean, it, it it's a dirty way of doing business, and if you have cash flow problems, it it definitely shows. And a lot of people, you know, we we could tell people who are ha- having financial problems by the way that they paid. But the other thing is the local, uh, you know, repair shop. If you pay him on time or, or with that every time, when you have an emergency, he's going to jump right. But if you right. owe him, Four months of money, he's not going to jump so high. So, yep. so that's pretty exactly. important stuff. So, yep. so we talk, we talk about finance, ARAP, operations, marketing. Well, let's, um, let's let's go back to
1: operations here because we could do a whole yeah. show
0: on operations, and I'm not joking
1: when I say this. Um, you know, generally speaking, we're all in the service industry. I think I have yet to run across a company that's not decently good at measuring operations out in the field likewise very few companies i have ever seen that knows anything about what's going on in their office (laughs) (laughs) i mean it is so stinking common and so i'm you know this might be a good show to do a little bit later on but but just big picture here you know big things i look at in operations is you know on the on the service side I want to look at our gross margin. I want to, look, you know, because that tells me is my pricing, right. Is our payroll, right. You know, are we being efficient in doing so what we're see. doing? Yep. Yep. Um, so, you know, that's one, number two is production. And, and then number three is revenue per stop, which incorporates in like our callback percentages. You know, I, I call them new payable versus non-payable stops. I'm not going to go into all those stats um, just because one, we don't have time. And two, you know, depending on how you do your operation th- those, Those stats can can vary. But at the end of the day, what you're trying to measure here is am I being efficient and leveraging every single resource as efficiently as possible? Yes or no in the field. Okay, that's that's number one. And then on the same side in the office, it's the exact same thing. Right. You can look at call time. You can look at um, obviously inbound sales, outbound sales. um, You know, the, the big one that I think that we we really look at in the office right now is time on call. Time on call will tell you how well that person is managing calls. And typically, the lower the time on call, the more sales the person does because they simply have more availability to do that. And so um, I could go more into that. There's a lot that sits under that. And again, depending on how your office is structured, if you have CSRs versus salespeople, if they're the same role, um, you know, those numbers are going to be a little bit differently. But it's the same concept that you have out in the field. Am I leveraging as efficiently as possible
0: um what we're doing in the office and and oftentimes is the guy is the technician getting in doing his job and getting out of the tech is is this the the uh office person getting on the phone doing what they have to do and getting off yeah um I, and i know you don't want to go down the rabbit hole but let's just talk about i mean i would think that uh, scripting uh you know takes care a lot of a lot of that, uh, of lot of that uh, and reducing that that call time
1: you know it's so funny it does and when i talk to people about this they are so resistant to implement a script i think people believe when 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 someone says script they think of someone who's very robotic like hello my name is and it's not that way at all right i mean the reality of it is is that it's an outline and it prompts the person you one of the things that we train our everyone who gets on the phone at Triangle is take control of the call immediately, right? Meaning that you ask the customer a question so that they're no longer gonna, you know, spend 20 minutes telling you about how the cat has been chasing this rat around the house and it's, you know, and and it did this. It's like, hey, you know, thank you for calling Triangle Pest or Triangle Lawn. My name is Donnie. Who, Who do I have the pleasure of speaking with? And now all of a sudden the person has to answer a question and you immediately take control of the call. So what that allows you to do is it allows you to be, a lot more efficient in getting to exactly what the problem is and how you can help the customer. And so, you know, scripts kind of put you in a position to do that. When you don't use scripts, who knows where it's going to go, right? I mean, we uh, had a lady I call in one the time. the show. Time. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. I remember what time we had a lady call in, and I'm not joking. She was talking about snakes in a rabbit, which, by the way, There were no snakes in her oven, but it was a 45 minute conversation. And I'm like, what is going on? And I think we saved that call. I think we actually still have it recorded, but it is freaking hilarious to listen to. So my point here is, is that, you know, oftentimes I think this is a result of typically technicians getting into pest control or getting into lawn. And they are very familiar with what good field work is and low, I mean, they just, they are loathsome when it comes to what happens in the office. And so if you don't have those KPIs in the office, it's a great time to be thinking about it. And it's a great time to get started. And going back to what I talked about before, where you're looking at lead for behaviors and lag for performance. And so we have to transition because we're getting close here on time here, Dan, and I want to, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about some recommendations here at the end. So.
0: before we do that, uh, or as we get there, so we talked about six functional areas, uh, finance, ARAP, operations, marketing, sales, HR. If we choose three from each of those, that's 18 of them. How do you monitor 18 KPIs?
1: Yeah. So for us, we use, um, well, we're we're getting ready to do a big upgrade here. But in the past, when we were smaller, we used simple Google spreadsheets that would generate these graphs. And we made it so that we would download from, and this sounds so awful. And it is, right? But that's what we had to do. <laughs> it's the best that we could do. Um, you know, for for us, we, you know, I would have people who were ever in, like who was in charge of if you know whoever's in charge of the office is going to update their KPIs. Whoever's in charge of sales is going to do that. You know, same thing for the field. Um, one of the things I didn't talk about on the KPIs on the HR side is there's one big one that I think you should really pay attention to. The three I look at in HR is number one is what does my bench look like. And do I have enough people on the bench? That is probably number one. That's the biggest one that I'm looking at. Number two is your employee net promoter score, which we only update every uh, we update it twice a year. And you have to be really careful when you send those surveys out. Probably not the best time to send it out in September. We're at the end of a hard season, you know. Um, but, you know, so d- depending on when you send that, that could be that could be an issue. So so number one is the bench. Number two is how are your people doing. And number three is turnover. Um, those are the big three I look at. I'm not telling you that that's what you should do. But for me. Oh, those are great. Yeah, those are
0: excellent. Yeah. So <clears throat> so getting it back. So how do we do it? The,
1: Our dashboards are yeah, the literally
0: they're actually yeah. Google spreadsheets. Yeah. So the Google spreadsheet. So one, one of the one of the things that everybody hears about is dashboards. Oh, That's a, another buzz term. So a Google spreadsheet could be a, a, a dashboard. Uh, you can use, you know, Power BI or, or Clipfolio or one of those. Those are dashboards. Um, we, I get a, a dashboard every Monday morning. It's multiple tabs on an Excel spreadsheet. That's all it is. But that's what a dashboard is. It's, it's, it's a, it's um, a regular uh, measuring of the KPI and, and you know, uh, getting it on either electronically or on paper. And that's that's uh, what how you do it. And then you could use sub dashboards. So my Monday morning dashboard includes all those six items. The sub, each sub dashboard has the three items.
1: You know, the other thing I would say about this, too, is don't be afraid of doing manual stuff here. Like I I get I look at sometimes I look at people are like, well, I'm not doing it right. I don't have the technology or I don't. You know what? Who cares? Like I, I sometimes I feel like people get so enamored with the technology and trying to automate. They forget like, well, I'm spending, you know, hundreds of hours trying to do something that like, you know what, if someone did it manually, they could have it done in 15 minutes.
0: So don't be afraid of it. It blows me away. It blows me away that everybody, oh, my software, it can do it. I know it can do it. But, you know, and so what? Just export it. Take the information and create your own dashboard. Right. I mean, right. it, it, don't get lost in the process. To, yeah. To, by, by the way, don't call, you know, tech support at these places because they they don't know what you're trying to do. And 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 the program may not be able to do it. And and right. the beauty of these programs is you can export raw data and do it any way that you want. So, yep. Yep.
1: So let's let's shift gears here. We're just about out of time and let's give some folks um, some some resources that are way smarter than me. Probably not smarter than you, but let's do some book recommendations there. So, yes. So go ahead. All right. Well, I was going to say my book recommendations. The very first one that I would recommend, this is an older book. I don't think there's a Kindle version of it. Maybe there is now. I don't know. But it's a book by by a guy named Jack Stack. It's called The Great Game of Business. Fantastic book. It's a book about a guy who picks up this auto parts uh, factory. It's going down the tubes and he turns it around by basically opening up the books and, and showing his people, you know, what the, how the performance affects the business. And ultimately, you know, he, the name of the book gives it away, right? It's, it, he created a game with numbers with his people and that visibility completely turned around both the culture of the, of the company as well as their numbers. And so the great game of business by Jack Stack, we'll, we'll put that link up on the show notes uh, to that book. Fantastic, fantastic book. Second one, um, do you want to introduce this one do you want me to do it I can yes, talk about it yes
0: yeah, so, so there's two books that we use that um really kind of changed our business and and the first one I read it and I wasn't sure what to do with it but but it it gave me a good framework that one was called Measure what Matters It's by a guy named John dower and uh, um it's o k r s which is objectives, key results, right? And you read it and, okay, this is really cool stuff conceptually. And uh, you, I know you implemented that. You're probably smarter than I am. But uh, the, when, when we started to implement, um, we sent uh, my partner, Anthony Pepe, we sent him to a course up in Boston at Harvard Business School. And he took a course with this guy, Robert Kaplan. And uh, Robert Kaplan is the author uh, of the book. It's called The Balance Scorecard, Translating Strategy into Action. Um, uh, this guy Kaplan, uh, and I guess he wrote it with a guy named David Norton, but it's called the balanced scorecard translating strategy into action. Probably the single most important book that I've read and, um, that we've implemented in our business. Well, I,
1: a couple of things I will say about those two books. So first of all, if you suffer from insomnia, if you suffer from any type of sleep disorder, the Balanced Scorecard is your, your remedy. No, I'm kidding. It is ah. a very... <laughs> that I was going to say that. I'll measure what matters. But oh yeah. gosh, I know. So here's yeah. what I'll say. The Balanced Scorecard is a fantastic book. It is dense. It reads like a textbook, but it is fantastic in what it teaches. And the, the, one of the things I got on the book that I really, really liked was this whole idea of competing metrics, right? Of balance in the business. So, you know, Right now, one of the main things I measure almost all the time is our composite score. And our composite score is growth versus profit. And they are, you know, structurally opposing to each other, right? You can grow fast and that's going to eat profit. You can t- take a ton of profit and that's going to limit growth. And so this whole idea of a balanced scorecard, so that's, that, that you know, it's, it's a fantastic book and I, I couldn't agree more. And we are still implementing at Triangle some of the concepts that are in that book. Measure What Matters. It's almost a little misleading. Now, I think when folks read books, everyone kind of gets what they need out of it. Here's Donnie's big takeaway from Measure What Matters. OKRs, all it is is objective and key results. OK, that's all that stands for. It's nothing cosmic. And this guy worked with Google, and they're going to throw out some good business vernacular to make you think that they're all awesome, and they are. But the big thing I got out of that book was this whole idea of stop being a dip and focusing on 20 different objectives every single quarter. What this book does is it forces you to say, here are the three things. Everything else goes on a list. And we're going to we're going to you know put that list out off to the side. And we're just going to get these three things done this quarter. And and all these great ideas that we have, all of this going all over the place as an owner, because, look, I was the worst offender of this for me personally. Like, I love yeah, you know, I, I was like an undisciplined kid in a candy store, right? It's like, I want it all and I want it now. And so what that book did for me is it gave me a framework to sit down and focus on seeing something all the way through. And so, you know, for me, the biggest benefit from that book is this whole structure of making sure that you really stay focused on what matters in your business and all these great ideas, there's a system where you throw it onto a list and then the next quarter, you look at that list and you prioritize it. You say, okay, here's the next three things. Because if there's one thing that you must learn as a business owner is that you can't do it all. And so then you got to realize what what is most important to do. And so that book is a very
0: good good uh, reminder of that. And it gives By you a good system. That that that's kind of a preamble to um, you know traction, right? Because traction does exactly what uh, what you were describing. Yeah. Uh, measure what matters, though. This guy uh, worked for Intel when it was first starting started um, really yeah, with Andy, uh, Andy Grove uh, icon yeah. yeah Andy Grove and uh, and so this was like a, a real early it was pretty innovative the book but uh, um, but but basically you know it's all about prioritization and and, and you can set it better you can't do everything so you got to prioritize yep yep
1: well, folks, we are you, you've done it again. You've you've well, you ended up wasting at least 40 minutes of your life with Dan and I. Hopefully you found this helpful. Just a reminder, all the stuff that we talked about, all the resources, books um, is going to be up on the show notes on PMP Industry um, You can just go to that website, and we'll have a summary of this show as well as any books or any things that we talked about, links that you can do with that. Also, just a reminder, Dan and I are highly compensated for this podcast, meaning that we don't take any money at all. But we do appreciate tips and the way that we get tips are either through likes or through subscribing or rating us on Apple Podcasts or however it is that you rate us. And with that, Dan, any closing uh, remarks on your part before we finish out? Time to start the day. Time to start the day. All right. With that, we're signing off. We'll see you all next time. Take care now.